Welcome, welcome back, everybody. It's Chapter 17 time. With the power of your subconscious mind growing ever more powerful with each word that we listen to. This chapter, how to use your subconscious mind for forgiveness. I don't know about you, but I have got to forgive myself eh, a lot every day. So let us prime that subconscious mind to forgive, grow, and glow in our most optimized selves together. Yeah, okay. Let's keep going. Life plays no favorites. God is life, and this life principle is flowing through you this moment. God loves to express himself as harmony, peace, beauty, joy, and abundance through you. You could also say herself. Really, I think God is beyond gender, but that's just little old me. This is called the will of God, or the tendency of life. If you set up resistance in your mind to the flow of life through you, this emotional congestion will get snarled up in your subconscious mind and cause all kinds of negative conditions. God has nothing to do with unhappy or chaotic conditions in the world. All these conditions are brought about by man's negative and destructive thinking. Therefore, it's silly to blame God for your trouble or sickness. Many persons habitually set up mental resistance to the flow of life by accusing and reproaching God for the sin, sickness, and suffering of mankind. Others cast blame on God for their pains, aches, loss of loved ones, personal tragedies, and accidents. They are angry at God, and they believe he or she is responsible for their misery. As long as people entertain such negative concepts about God, they will experience the automatic negative reactions from their subconscious minds. Actually, such people do not know that they are punishing themselves. They must see the truth, find release, and give up all the condemnation, resentment, and anger against anyone or any power outside themselves. Otherwise, they cannot go forward into a healthy, happy, or creative activity. The minute these people entertain a God of love in their minds and hearts, and when they believe that God is their loving father who watches over them, cares for them, or mother, loving father or mother, for mother, for father, again, beyond gender, who watches over them, cares for them, guides them, sustains them, and strengthens them, this concept and belief about God or the life principle will be accepted by their subconscious mind, and they will find themselves blessed in countless ways. Life always forgives you. Life forgives you when you cut your finger. The subconscious intelligence within you sets about immediately to repair it. New cells build bridges over the cut. Should you take some tainted food by error, life gives you and causes you to regurgitate it in order to preserve you. Oh, what was that? That's life forgiving you. Many a time in college when I drank far too much alcohol, that's life forgiving me. <laughs> if you burn your hand, 
The Life Principle reduces the edema and congestion and gives you new skin, tissue, and cells. Life holds no grudges against you, and it is always forgiving you. Life brings you back to health, vitality, harmony, and peace if you cooperate by thinking in harmony with nature. Negative, hurtful memories, bitterness, and ill will clutter up and impede the free flow of the life principle in you. Now, I can absolutely agree with everything that was just uh, uh, iterated there. But again, falling back onto Mitch Horowitz's mention that there are many different energies we are all interacting with in our lives. It's not just about our singular opening the gates of the life energy to go through us that will make everything perfect. We're all on our own journey, and we're all experiencing life in our own way, and there's no way that I or anybody can say that it is completely and totally up to you for you to get rid of that illness or sickness with your mental thought alone, and worse, that because you are thinking negative or ill, it is your fault that you have brought upon yourself any kind of negativity that is manifested in any particular way. Life is complex, but there is one thing also that we can say, is that it sure beats the alternative to think in a proactive, generative, happy, healthy, and, uh, you know, jokey way. Let's have a good time. If you're having a good time, it sure beats having a bad time. Disagree with me, somebody. Please. I mean, that's where I'm at. How he banished that feeling of guilt. I knew a man who worked every night until about one o'clock in the morning. He paid no attention to his two boys or his wife. He was always too busy working hard. He thought people should pat him on the back because he was working so arduously and persistently past midnight every night. He had a blood pressure over 200 and was full of guilt. Unconsciously, he proceeded to punish himself by hard work and he completely ignored his children. A normal man does not do that. He is interested in his boys and in their development. He does not shut his wife out of his world. I explained to him why he was working so arduously. There is something eating you inside. Otherwise, you would not act this way. You're punishing yourself. And you have to learn to forgive yourself. He did have a deep sense of guilt. It was toward a brother. I explained to him that God was not punishing him but that he was punishing himself. For example, if you misuse the laws of life, you will suffer accordingly. If you put your hand on a naked charged wire, you'll get burned. The forces of nature are not evil. It is your use of them that determines whether they have a good or evil effect. Yep, you can use a hammer to build a house or bash a person's face in. Electricity is not evil. It depends on how you use it whether to burn down a structure or light up a home. The only sin is ignorance of the law, and the only punishment is the automatic reaction of man's misuse of the law. If you misuse the principle of chemistry, you may blow up the office or the factory. If you strike your hand on a board, you may cause your hand to bleed. The board is not for that purpose. Its purpose may be to lean upon or support your feet. This man realized that God does not condemn or punish anyone, and that all his suffering was due to the reaction of his subconscious mind to his own negative and destructive thinking. He had cheated his brother at one time, and the brother had now passed on. Still, he was full of remorse and guilt. I asked him, Would you cheat your brother now? He said, No. Did you feel you were justified at the time? 
His reply was, yes. But you would not do it now, he added. No, I'm helping others to know how to live. I added the following comment. You have a greater reason and understanding now. Forgiveness is to forgive yourself. Forgiveness is getting your thoughts in line with the divine law of harmony. Self-condemnation is called hell, bondage and restriction. Forgiveness is called heaven, harmony and peace. The burden of guilt and self-condemnation was lifted from his mind, and he had a complete healing. The doctor tested his blood pressure, and it had become normal. The explanation was the cure. Well, I can certainly get on board with that. Hey. We all carry weight along with us. I can certainly attest to that. I bet, I bet, because it's, uh, thinking about it right now, it's difficult. It is difficult to forgive oneself. But boy, what a thing to overcome. What a thing to accept, to simply accept forgiveness for yourself. Ooh, if there's one high-level mission to take on, that's a goodie. What kind of cool items will drop after you complete the mission? <laughs> the Sword of Forgiveness. The Cloak of Peace and Harmony. A murderer learned to forgive himself. A man who murdered his brother in Europe visited me many years ago. He was suffering from great mental anguish and torture, believing that God must punish him. He explained that his brother had been having an affair with his wife and that he had shot him on the spur of the moment. This had happened about 15 years previous to his interview with me. In the meantime, this man had married an American girl and had been blessed with three lovely children. He was in a position where he helped many people and he was a transformed man. My explanation to him was that physically and psychologically he was not the same man who shot his brother, since scientists inform us that every cell of our bodies changes every 11 months. I think the article I had listed in the chapter where we discussed that initially was like seven years, but it varies uh, depending on the part of your body. Anyway, it does change. We do cycle through. The only thing that maintains are the thoughts that we hold on to. Burp, burp, burp. Moreover, mentally and spiritually, he was a new man. He was now full of love and goodwill for humanity. The old man who committed the crime 15 years before was mentally and spiritually dead. Actually, he was condemning an innocent man. This explanation had a profound effect on him, and he said it was as if a great weight had been lifted from his mind. He realized the significance of the following truth in the Bible. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isaiah 1.18 Criticism cannot hurt you without your consent. A school teacher told me that one of her associates criticized a speech she had given, saying to her that she spoke too fast, she swallowed some of her words, she couldn't be heard, her diction was poor, and her speech ineffective. The teacher was furious and full of resentment toward her critic. Not a very good critic. I mean, come on. You know, do the whole sandwich thing. Nice things to improve on. Nice thing again. I don't know. She admitted to me that the criticisms were just. Her first reaction was really childish, and she agreed that the letter was really a blessing and a marvelous corrective. She proceeded immediately to supplement her deficiencies in her speech by enrolling in a course in public speaking at a city college. See, now there you go. All right, take it upon yourself. Hook yourself up. 
Yeah. She wrote and thanked the writer of the note for her interest, expressing appreciation for her conclusions and findings which enabled the teacher to correct the matter at once. How to be compassionate. Suppose none of the things mentioned in the letter had been true of the teacher. The latter would have realized that her class material had upset the prejudices, superstitions, or narrow sectarian beliefs of the writer of the note, and that the psychologically ill person was simply pouring forth their resentment because of a psychological boil that had been hurt. To understand this fact is to be compassionate. The next logical step would be to pray for the other person's peace, harmony, and understanding. You cannot be hurt when you know that you are the master of your thoughts, reactions, and emotions. Emotions follow thoughts, and you have the power to reject all thoughts which may disturb or upset you. Not an easy thing, especially when we start out on this particular quest, but absolutely, we have the power. I have the power! Take that He-Man sword, thunk, thunk, thunk. or how about in the labyrinth, you have no power over me. That's right, Jennifer Connolly. As awesome as David Bowie was, he has no power over you or any of us. That magic dance song, though, right? You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Who do you do? Do what? Remind me of the babe. Hey, and the babe with the power. We are all the babes with the power. The power to say, nah, I'm not going to let that bother me. Okay, we're going to get back to it. Here we go. Left at the altar. Ooh. Some years ago, I visited a church to perform a marriage ceremony. The young man did not appear, and at the end of two hours, the bride-to-be shed a few tears and then said to me, I prayed for divine guidance. This might be the answer, for he never faileth. Boy, that is, uh, that's a high spiritual response right there. That was her reaction. Faith in God and all things good. She had no bitterness in her heart because, as she said, it must not have been right action because my prayer was for right action for both of us. Someone else having a similar experience would have gone into a tantrum, have had an emotional fit, required sedation, and perhaps needed hospitalization. I mean, left at the altar. Well, we can say, hey, dude, dick move. But also, yo, right action for everybody. Better late than never. And this gives her the opportunity to really find somebody that will show up. Tune in with the infinite intelligence within your subconscious depths, trusting the answer in the same way that you trusted your mother when she held you in her arms. This is how you can acquire poise and mental and emotional health. It is wrong to marry. Sex is evil. And I am evil. Well, now there's a particularly interesting mindset. Well, let's, let's see what the... Let's see what this is. Some time ago, I talked to a young lady age 22. She was taught that it was a sin to dance, to play cards, to swim, and to go out with men. She was threatened by her mother, who told her she would burn eternally in hellfire if she disobeyed her will and her religious teachings. Oh, how religions have warped people's minds. Rough stuff. I mean, have we all not uh, seen or at least uh, caught references to Footloose? Everybody Footloose, okay? Cut loose. This girl wore a black dress and black stockings. She got that goth look. All right, I like that. She wore no rouge, lipstick, or any form of makeup because her mother said that these things were sinful. I guess more of a Wednesday Addams kind of a thing. Her mother told her that all men were evil and that sex was of the devil. 
and simply diabolic debauchery. The girl had to learn how to forgive herself as she was full of guilt. To forgive means to give for. She had to give up all these false beliefs for the truths of life and a new estimate of herself. When she went out with young men in the office where she worked, she had a deep sense of guilt and thought that God would punish her. Several eligible young men proposed to her, but she said to me, It's wrong to marry. Sex is evil and I am evil. This was her conscience, or early conditioning, speaking. Because there is no way that you are evil. No way that sex is evil. How else do, did we get here? Chimona. She came to me once weekly for about ten weeks, and I taught her the workings of the conscious and subconscious mind, as set forth in this book. This young girl gradually came to see that she had been completely brainwashed, mesmerized, and conditioned by an ignorant, superstitious, bigoted, and frustrated mother. She broke away completely from her family and started to live a wonderful life. And that's tough stuff, you know, if they're not willing to understand a wider world along with you. But you've got to take care of yourself, and that's exactly what this girl did. Way to go, Wednesday Adams. Get those dates. At my suggestion, she dressed up and had her hair attended to. She took lessons in dancing from a man. And she also took driving lessons. Yeah, get on the road. She learned to swim, play cards, and had a number of dates. She began to love life. She prayed for a divine companion by claiming that infinite spirit would attract to her a man who harmonized with her thoroughly. Eventually, this came to pass. As she left my office one evening, there was a man waiting to see me, and I casually introduced them. They are now married and harmonize with each other perfectly. I dig that story. Forgiveness is necessary for healing. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any. Mark 11.25 Forgiveness of others is essential to mental peace and radiant health. You must forgive everyone who has ever hurt you if you want perfect health and happiness. Forgive yourself by getting your thoughts in harmony with divine law and order. You cannot really forgive yourself completely until you have forgiven others first. To refuse to forgive yourself is nothing more or less than spiritual pride or ignorance. In the psychosomatic field of medicine today, it's being constantly stressed that resentment Condemnation of others, remorse, and hostility are behind a host of maladies ranging from arthritis to cardiac disease. They point out that these sick people who were hurt, mistreated, deceived, or injured were full of resentment and hatred for those who hurt them. This caused inflamed and festering wounds in their subconscious minds. There is only one remedy. They have to cut out and discard their hurts. And the one and only sure way is by forgiveness. Forgiveness is love in action. The essential ingredient in the art of forgiveness is the willingness to forgive. If you sincerely desire to forgive the other, you are 51% over the hurdle. I feel sure you know that to forgive the other does not necessarily mean you have to like them or want to associate with them. You cannot be compelled to like someone. Neither can a government legislate goodwill, peace, love, or tolerance. Hmm. 
it is quite impossible to like people because someone in Washington issues an edict to that effect. We can, however, love people without liking them. The Bible says, love ye one another. This anyone can do who really wants to do it. Love means that you wish for the other health, happiness, peace, joy, and all the blessings of life. There's only one prerequisite, and that is sincerity. You're not being magnanimous when you forgive. You are really being selfish, because what you wish for the other, you're actually wishing for yourself. The reason is that you are thinking it and that you are feeling it. As you think and feel, so you are. Could anything be simpler than that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. That's a good section. I mean, it's the whole thing's great, but I like that one. Technique of forgiveness. The following is a simple method which works wonders in your life as you practice it. Quiet your mind, relax, and let go. Think of God and their love for you, and then affirm, I fully and freely forgive. Mention the name of the offender. I release them mentally and spiritually. I completely forgive everything connected with the matter in question. I am free, and they are free. It is a marvelous feeling. It is my day of general amnesty. I release anybody and everybody who has ever hurt me, and I wish for each and everyone health, happiness, peace, and all the blessings of life. I do this freely, joyously, and lovingly. Whenever I think of the person or persons who hurt me, I say, I have released you, and all the blessings of life are yours. I am free, and you are free. It is wonderful. The great secret of true forgiveness is that once you've forgiven the person, it's unnecessary to repeat the prayer. Whenever the person comes to your mind or that particular hurt happens to enter your mind, wish the delinquent well and say, Peace be to you. Do this as often as the thought enters your mind. I like using peace be with you. Do this as often as the thought enters your mind. You will find that after a few days, a thought of the person or experience will return less and less often until it fades into nothingness. Peace be with you. The Acid Test for Forgiveness There is an acid test for gold. There's also an acid test for forgiveness. If I should tell you something wonderful about someone who has wronged you, cheated you, or defrauded you, and you sizzled at hearing the good news about this person, the roots of hatred would still be in your subconscious mind, playing havoc with you. Let us suppose you had a painful abscess on your jaw a year ago, and you told me about it. I would casually ask you if you had any pain now. You would automatically say, well, of course not. I have a memory of it, but no pain. This is the whole story. You may have a memory of the incident, but no sting or hurt anymore. This is the acid test and you must meet it psychologically and spiritually. Otherwise, you're simply deceiving yourself and not practicing the true art of forgiveness. To understand all is to forgive all. Absolutely. When one understands the creative law of their own mind, they cease to blame other people and conditions for making or marring their life. They know that their own thoughts and feelings create their destiny. Furthermore, 
they are aware that externals are not the causes and conditioners of their life and their experiences. To think that others can mar your happiness, that you are the football of a cruel fate, that you must oppose and fight others for a living, all these and others like them are untenable when you understand that thoughts are things. The Bible says the same thing, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23.7 Summary of your aids to forgiveness 1. God or life is no respecter of persons. Life plays no favorites. Life or God seems to favor you when you align yourself with the principle of harmony, health, joy, and peace. 2. God or life never sends disease, sickness, accidents, or suffering. We bring these things on ourselves by our own negative, destructive thinking based upon the law, as we sow, so shall we reap. Caveat to what Michorowitz says, lots of different things, energies, vibrations, activities are all engaging with us and we are engaging with them. It's a little more complex than just us doing what we do. However, we have a great effect upon the world that we exist upon and within. 3. Your concept of God is the most important thing in your life. If you really believe in a God of love, your subconscious mind will respond in countless blessings to you. Believe in a God of love. And I don't pretend to know <laughs> much of anything. But I can absolutely say with certainty, it beats the alternative. 4. Life or God holds no grudge against you. Life never condemns you. Life heals a severe cut on your hand. Life forgives you if you burn your finger. It reduces the edema and restores the part to wholeness and perfection. 5. Your guilt complex is a false concept of God and life. God or life does not punish or judge you. You do this to yourself by your false beliefs, negative thinking, and self-condemnation. 6. God or life does not condemn or punish you. The forces of nature are not evil. The effect of their use depends on how you use the power within you. You can use electricity to kill somebody or to light a house. You can use water to drown a child or quench their thirst. Good and evil come right back to the thought and purpose in a person's own mind. 7. God or life never punishes. Man punishes themselves by their false concepts of God, life, and the universe. Their thoughts are creative. Our thoughts are creative. And we create our own misery. 8. If another criticizes you and these faults are within you, rejoice, give thanks, and appreciate the comments. This gives you the opportunity to correct the particular fault. 9. You cannot be hurt by criticism when you know that you are the master of your thoughts, reactions, and emotions. This gives you the opportunity to pray and bless the other, thereby blessing yourself. 10. When you pray for guidance and right action, take what comes. Realize it is good and very good. Then there is no cause for self-pity, criticism, or hatred. 11. There is nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. There is no evil in sex, the desire for food, wealth, or true expression. It depends on how you use these urges, desires, or aspirations. Your desire for food can be met without killing someone for a loaf of bread.
12. Resentment, hatred, ill will, and hostility are behind a host of maladies. Forgive yourself and everybody else by pouring out love, life, joy, and goodwill to all those who have hurt you. Continue until such time as you meet them in your mind and you are at peace with them. 13. To forgive is to give something for. Give love, peace, joy, wisdom, and all the blessings of life to the other until there is no sting left in your mind. This is really the acid test of forgiveness. 14. Let us suppose you had an abscess in your jaw about a year ago. It was very painful. Ask yourself if it's painful now. The answer is in the negative. Likewise, if someone has hurt you, lied about and vilified you, and said all manner of evil about you, is your thought of that person negative? Do you sizzle when he or she comes into your mind? If so, the roots of hatred are still there, playing havoc with you and your good. The only way is to wither them with love by wishing for the person all the blessings of life until you can meet the person in your mind and you can sincerely react with a benediction of peace and goodwill. This is the meaning of forgive until 70 times 7. Ah, well, that's pretty cool. All right, that'll do it for chapter 17. Good times, everybody. Great chapter. Uh, getting, getting into some high-level stuff. Not necessarily the easiest thing to do, especially in our times here, but I think just absolutely more valuable than any gem we could find or dig up in the ground. Clear ourselves of every bit of heavy, goopy, gross baggage that we carry along. Wish all goodness, success, happiness, and health to anybody and everybody that has wronged you, as difficult as that may be. Wish understanding that they may understand on some level, that them hurting you is hurting themselves, and that you forgiving them, you are able then to move past and get that sting out of life. I do not claim to know the ease or difficulty with which it will take because, oh my goodness, the myriad things that have happened to us all are absolutely rough and tumble. But I can say this for sure, I wish for you 100% love, I wish success to you, happiness, health, and your ability to forgive yourself and others, that we can understand and move forward together and be with the people that we want to be with, that we may power our lives to optimize and experience the best life possible for us all. So bring on the good vibes and may you have happiness follow you, chase you down your journey. Okay, good times. Hey. Thanks for hanging. Catch you on the next time. <laughs> Peace.